This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Welcome to the Doggest Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to the dog parents and topics and events and personalities impacting their lives today. My name is Jason Arias, co-founder of Forever USA. We just launched a new uh, series of books on Amazon, by the way. You did? Yeah, yeah. It's, we, we took um, all of our rescue stories. We have three books from 2017 and we're getting ready to get 2018 and 2019 up to. Oh, I love that. Yep. Uh, and always, Sylvia, how are you? Hi. Dog mom extraordinaire. Uh, You're never going to get this right. Expert. You know what? I, I was actually listening to the other ones. And I was like, I got this. I got this. And then we get into it. And there's something oh, when I'm reading I, my brain frazzles. Mm. So I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on top of this. Dog mom. Yeah. Repeat after me. Ready? Dog mom Stop. professional. Mm, nope. Dog Just mom. Listen, dog okay. mom. Yeah. Dog mom. Certified trainer. Certified trainer. Pet expert. Pet expert. You got this. Dog mom extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds the same. I love it. Um, all right, let's get into it. Today we had Dr. Hey. Lily Chen on. She's awesome. Amazing. I had a lot of fun with her. Integrative medicine. Yep. Jason tried mansplaining. It's a whole thing. Did, okay. In in fairness, I do apologize. If it came off as mansplaining, like I wasn't trying to talk to you about what crystals were. Like I can't tell you what crystals are. Okay, like, we're 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 spilling okay, all the tea. Let's okay, just get let's, into let's it. Let's go to it. All right. Welcome to the show, Lily. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Do you have uh, Do you have patients at the practice today, or uh, I is today? Do. Oh, I do. You have do? A, yeah, I have an appointment. Well, I've been doing house calls this morning. Okay. Fighting LA traffic. And I have just one more appointment after this. Oh, very good. Anything exciting? They're all exciting. Everything's, they're all exciting. Good answer. <laughs> there has to be some that stand out. I mean, there's always like, there's good days and I mean, bad days. Like we do the same thing with the photography stuff. Sometimes they're more exciting and we have five Labradors in the studio and other days they're less exciting and it's a quiet Basset hound that doesn't want to move. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how you look at exciting because exciting in veterinary medicine sometimes isn't very good things or mm -hmm. it's, if we say interesting that's also sometimes not very good so sometimes right. a boring nice day where all the pets are happy and they're being healed um is a good day for me that's a good day so how much has your practice changed since, cause I know working in the pet industry, I'm great. There are so many dogs. And like, I went to go take my dog to the vet the other morning cause he wasn't feeling well. And there was nowhere, like there was nowhere to take him. How is that affecting you? Is it 
it's definitely affecting me a lot. I mean, my practice at Integrated Pet Wellness Center, it's it's a new practice. So my journey, I, I think it kind of goes back to just, we. I started this practice about, I guess, officially about six months ago. Um, but I was working in a animal hospital. And when COVID started and what you're describing, it's just like nonstop. And I could be seeing five patients in the 20 minute slot. Um, Whoa. And it's hard. It's hard because you have, you, you come in and appointments are booked and you have walk-ins, you have emergencies, you have people on the phone, um, a lot of questions. You have patients already in the hospital and you're trying to juggle a lot of things all at once. So there's definitely been so much of that, like across like, everywhere i mean internationally i feel like i talk to colleagues in like other countries and they're seeing the same thing so um i mean part of me creating this is i was doing house calls as my personal practice for more holistic patients and i also started to get really really busy in that aspect so late last year i had to really make a decision because I felt like I needed more time with my patients. I wanted to create like a more intimate and personal experience. So what you're describing, like that really affected me. I think on both sides of like, you know, parents not being able to get their pets in because there's so much going on. And, but also on the veterinary side of not being able to get everybody in or being able to get everybody in, but everyone is got like really short um, time where you can provide the care that maybe you, you're not because we're really at the end of the day, there's only so much time. So so when I created this process, I really set out to be able to create a better system so we don't have to feel rushed and people can get in and be seen. And hopefully down the road, as we get busier and busier, I can still have a system where I can't have that time and space and not having to be. Um, so, so what does that mean? Like, as far as, I mean, so we're, we're using words like integrative and holistic and just a, a better overall system to improve the experience. What are some of those things? Cause I think like as uh, a dog dad, I mean, there's certain pain points that we've all experienced going to the vet, which is different five years ago versus five days ago um, and how that all works. But like, kind of catch me up on what what is different on what you're doing right now versus what most people might expect at a, let's say, traditional veterinary service. So I am doing integrative, which means that I'm combining holistic medicine into conventional medicine. So I still do conventional medicine, although most people that are coming to me have a, at least like a holistic interest for their pet. Um and a holistic focus. I think there are a lot of hospitals um, that are doing excellent job in providing primary care. But what I'm finding is that there is definitely this group of people that like, I just need a little bit more. I just, I want to talk a lot more about diet and lifestyle supplements, like all these things that really cannot be addressed very well on the primary setting. Um, so what I have set out to create and the reason why I think right now I can carve out that space is a lot of, I don't see emergencies, for example, if a pet parent calls and 
a pet is having a true emergency, they get referred. So that does help with the caseload on my end is to not have like the walk-ins and emergencies, which are the ones that usually throw the schedule off. And my, when we, um, my appointments are half hour um, for new pet parent is an hour, but we also do like a half hour telehealth just to get to know each other, run through the history. So I really know them very well by the time they get here. So let's say like if you're a new pet parent, like you would have already um, talked with me for half an hour and I reviewed all of your records in detail and I understand your goals and what you want. So by the time you come in, we already have a treatment plan. So it's not you coming in and having to describe what the problems are and what's going on and what we're here to do. So there's that part. Um, and our appointments run completely on time. Like I, um, the latest we've run is maybe 10 minutes late if somebody's really mm-hmm. late, but we run really on, on time. Our appointments start on time and they end on time. And I think that's really important for keeping everybody on schedule for the day to flow well. So for me, that's important because I think everybody should be given the same amount of time. I'm not going to take away from this pet to give to yeah, to give to somebody else. Yeah, because sometimes it happens. Like maybe if a pet doesn't have as many issues, sure. About your next dog is having vomiting and diarrhea. It's like okay, I'm just going to wrap this up so I can have right. time. Exactly. So I'm really trying to change that and. Um, my clients all know, like, this is your time slot. So if you're running 10 minutes late, you can decide if we're going to reschedule or you're okay with the 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, okay. I think this is a really good place to take a quick break. And then uh, when we get back, I want to dive in with you a little bit deeper into this idea of holistic medicine for dogs. Me too. So I want to know what that word back. means. <laughs> Okay, so we're back. So I I can see where like you're really trying to remodel this whole idea of like what veterinary care looks like. And as a dog mom, um, I resonate so deeply with what you're saying because it really does feel when I go to the vet, like I don't really feel like I have a, a veterinarian per se. Like there's just a hospital that I go mm-hmm. to. Even though it's the same doctor that sees my dogs, I don't really have the opportunity to build a relationship with that doctor. You know, um, I did have an opportunity to build a relationship with a great vet, uh, Dr. B, when I was uh, working with my senior dog who passed away last year through some chiropractic care. So I'm a big believer in like holistic and alternative medicine integrated with Western medicine. I do that kind of care for myself. You know, like I, I integrate traditional medicine with other more holistic practices. So something that you said that really kind of like caught my ear that I'm really passionate about is you were talking about like nutrition, diet, supplements, like how often do you address that with your clients? And did you take nutritional courses on top of, because most vets have no idea about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, um, so your question is about me, like how, so there, there were, I feel like there were a couple of questions. There, so <laughs> I, I heard, I heard them all too. <laughs> Mostly like, let's, let's start aiming into nutrition and supplements. Cause it's so important. And I feel like 
That's probably my biggest pain point with my clients when I'm working with them is like vets just have no idea about nutrition at all. I'm like, did your vet talk to you about immune boosters? And they're like, what's that? I'm like, oh, no. Um, So talk to me about like that kind of stuff and how you kind of how that integrates into your more primary care. I talk about nutrition every client, every time. Um, We start out, so any new patient that comes in, and the reason why I do that telehealth was that I found out through my experience is that there was no way that I can address everything in the visit that they come in. And so much of that is very personalized. So nutrition to me, it's very individualized. It's not, I don't have a blanket recommendation to be like, do this diet and it's fine, or do this brand, it's fine. Because you would feed a chihuahua differently from a Great Dane. You would feed a puppy differently from a senior dog. You would feed, you know, kidney issues. Or if you're trying to prevent kidney issues, this breed is predisposed to stones and they run hot, they run cold, like all these things. So there's a very detailed, um, like, um, little form that I have them fill out that even tells me about their pest personality. Do they like to be cool? Do they like to be hot? It goes into a lot of what we feed because foods have energetics, right? Like we hear about raw food and we hear about fresh food and then, you know, there's kibbles and such. Um, and then they all have <laughs> they all have energetics and they, they can treat conditions. Food is medicine. And in my practice, that is the foundation for everything. So every patient, every time, almost we will touch on diet. How's that going? If there's a condition we're treating, my first thing is to go to the diet and talk about what we're doing. And I can't tell you how many times just by changing the diet, it changes everything. Um, my training in nutrition. So in school, basically nothing. nothing. So, <laughs> Thank you for saying that out loud. Cause so many people don't understand uh, that. So I should, for I all the pet care, I feel like no, I all the it's there, very there's true though. Training. There's some training, but not a lot. I mean, you probably learn about as much about nutrition as you do about behavior, which is yeah, not a lot. One rotation, it's like one week rotation and you have a very short course that is like one hour per week in like for three months in our curriculum. So, I mean, I am going to come on and say, like, I didn't feel like I was trained in nutrition at all. Um, And then we are taught to kind of, even in vet school to kind of be like, oh, these are the brands that are scientifically based. They're nutritionally complete. And these are great foods. And honestly, for years, I did that. Um, But then I just started seeing a lot of issues. Like they didn't improve with this prescription diet like what else you know and and I also didn't see like um the reason why I got into holistic medicine is a lot of chronic diseases not just about giving medicine after medicine it's about trying to change the body so it can heal itself and then food becomes like such a important part of it so I did have um additional training I went to um Chi University it's a very um, one of the biggest kind of like holistic veterinary um, education center and they're based in Florida and they have a great like food therapy course. But even throughout my training as more in like um, the holistic modalities, almost every subject that I study, if I'm studying oncology like cancer or I'm studying 
dermatology or how to treat that holistically, always, there's always something about nutrition. So yeah. I think that is the foundation for everything. And most of that or all of that was learned after that. I think that's wow. been one of the biggest mental shifts for me, even since starting this podcast is the impact that, I mean, I know it seems obvious that food would have that big of an impact on our pets' lives, but um, the the average community just doesn't put enough of an emphasis on it. To, I mean, we're just hit in the face every single day with kibble, 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 kibble. In fact, it, it's the, the chewy stuff that is like the bad stuff that we think of. What's that? Like the kibbles and bits, right? <laughs> That's the bad stuff. So the, this whole world of holistic and fresh foods and raw foods, um, it doesn't seem accessible enough. I guess it's gone a very similar route as the way uh, fast food has gone to where fast food is just so easy and restaurants are so easy and what you have to invest into and understand and learn about eating healthy at home for yourself is very similar as it is with our pets and dogs. Yeah, it really is. And a lot of it really comes down to, you know, I, I think when we buy a bag of kibbles, we're really buying convenience, you know? Um, sure. But I, I also think that there, there, there is a trend, I think, as we have more access to information. I think parents are also getting much more educated. So they start to ask questions and I think it's a really good direction. And then a lot of us are starting to be able to talk about it more with how so much criticism, might I say, um, the, it is a very controversial topic sometimes, um, but Super, I yeah. it wholeheartedly because I see it, I see the difference. Um, so, well, but I, I know that a lot of us in this space, we're all kind of fighting towards the same goal is to bring that more forefront in front of parents and they see the changes and hopefully, you know, one by one by one that we'll be able to change how we see. Feeding. Is there, is there a subscription company out there yet? Either we need to run with the idea or somebody else is going to have taken it already, but like the way that there is like purple carrot, yeah. is there anything like that for dogs? Um, a subscription as in like dog food shows up like mm -hmm. you know, like absolutely farmer's dog etc are you talking about like cook it yourself at home subscription yeah no that doesn't exist it should though. take it back we're gonna edit that right out <laughs> just kidding um no but i think i think also too what's been really interesting to see kind of shifting in the in the pet industry and in in clients minds and in humans minds pet parents is this idea of like there there are now investments being made into studies like there's that great study out of purdue university about adding greens into your dog's diet and like the 90 percent reduction in cancer appearance just from like a simple just some greens so what I think is so great is like those studies are happening we're starting to get science to back the things that like we know are true, but aren't really mainstream. You know, I think food as medicine, even for humans, isn't very mainstream. I go to totally. my gastroenterologist and I'm like, oh, I'm trying to avoid these foods because they're really inflammatory and not great. And she's like, if you feel like that works for you, I'm like, this is science. I don't understand. <laughs> um, it's very, uh, it's very strange that, um, 
that the, I feel like the two worlds are so separate, you know, between like traditional medicine and what is considered like holistic, which I think is just like, or natural medicine, if you will. Um, I don't understand why they're not being married more. I don't understand why they, they aren't working together. What's your experience like as a veterinarian, like having transitioned now, like what are your colleagues who are still like full on traditional medicine? Like, what's that like? What are those conversations like? <laughs> no, for sure. Like it's part of the, what you said, right? We're trained to really want evidence-based medicine. So the problem with holistic medicine has always been that there's not enough research. The problem with research, in my mind, my humble opinion, <laughs> it's hard to get people to do those research for holistic medicine because there's no there's no money in it. Who's, yeah, who's backing it up? Like when you have a big study for a drug or a big company that provides food or something, like they can pay somebody to do the studies. Mm. And it's really hard, like. For I, I think for things in holistic medicine, so you're trying to prove that, you know, it goes into I think like economics of things and marketing and like what's in it for like you doing it out of the goodness of your heart and your time is not being paid for. And sometimes that those like those are very realistic pieces. Like who is going to spend the time running this study and cost huge amounts of money and gets nothing out of it but I do think there's part of research I don't know if I'm wrong but I just felt like how come there's not more evidence to support holistic research um there's more and more of it now can I think like let's say acupuncture for example you know I I think just short like maybe like 20 years ago people think it's you know magical pocus pocus yeah like (laughs) and then i think it kind of like doubles down because then you get people that um they're gonna go off and do their own research and do their own things but maybe they're a little quirky should we say and then it like makes it difficult to trust them you know what i'm saying like like we see all these experts whether they're on tiktok or whether on facebook or instagram and they're they're self-proclaimed experts and they're coming out like, like you should do this. And even though it might be the right idea, not being scientifically backed, they're coming in with untrustable content and resources. And it, it almost works against the, the whole system, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that then there's like a whole set of like, there's things that are just out there that really is truly out there. <laughs> it's way out there. Okay, that's a good place. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I'm so glad you brought it back to Puncture. More on that when right after this break. Okay, so right before the break, we're back, by the way, everyone. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> so right before the break, Lily kind of touched on the idea of acupuncture a little bit. Um, I am a huge believer of acupuncture medicine. I use it for myself. I've put my autoimmune disorder into remission three times using acupuncture, which is something that my traditional doctors told me I would need pounds of steroids to do. I'm still steroid free. Um, But um, what I think is really interesting about acupuncture for dogs is they can't talk to us. So 
there's no such thing as like placebo effect, which I know is like the big thing for acupuncture. Like, oh, it's the idea that it's working for you, this placebo effect. But dogs don't understand placebos. They just understand the difference between like being uncomfortable and then not being uncomfortable anymore. So do you, are you, do you offer acupuncture in your practice? Are you a practitioner? Yeah, What's I'm certified in acupuncture and acupuncture kind of built my practice and Amazing. <laughs> built me into a holistic doctor. So how do you, how do you get them to sit still? That's that's one of the most common questions. Um, they do. Most of them do. Like because the needles, once they go in, have a relaxing effect. It's very relaxing. Usually, the smaller ones are harder. Like the smaller pets, you get the harder it is to get them to hold still. I think they're just not wired that way. It's like, why am I just standing here? But a lot of my patients, they would lie down, and some of them just go to sleep. Wow! Like I go to sleep. <laughs> My my acupuncture appointments are like my built-in weekly naps. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go take my nap today. See, our, our audience has to be getting a fairly clear picture between you and I right now. Like you're like acupuncture and like, like all of like, I'm the, and like not the anti-holistic guy, but I'm like, I'm not doing the Jason's, holistic stuff. Right? Listen, Jason's I don't talk, very like, mean I'm not potatoes. into psychics. <laughs> Jason's very mean potatoes. Acupuncture, never done that. I don't even like massages, to be honest. What? I literally just just had a massage last night. Like literally, hit the hit the chiropractor and be the massage therapist yesterday. Um, So So this is this is just fascinating to me, and I love that this is out there. I love that this is something for our pets. But my mind is just like there is like I can see Max. So Max would like totally kick back on his back and he would let you acupuncture him all day long. But Lucy is just an insane tornado right now that I can't imagine taking her in and having that like a bunch of needles put into her body. Yeah. Like she's so we should step back. I mean, I've in my, now I practice acupuncture for, I want to say almost eight years. They've all, there's only been one dog that I cannot do acupuncture. One dog. Um, how many patients is that? Do you think like in eight years? Oh, I have no idea. Thousands, thousands of dogs. Thousands. Thousands. I don't know because usually I don't think it's thousands because it's usually the same pet that I acupuncture for a really long time rather than like a lot of pets. Like I don't get, I'm going to come see you, Lily. I'm going to bring you my babies. Yeah. That'd be great. But I, I wanted to um, just challenge Jensen a little bit. Please. Because um, I, I will tell you my own journey is I was not a non-believer at first. Um, you know, I'm practicing in like specialty in emergency and like busy primary care. And I was doctoring. It's going great. And then the thing is, then I started getting like, then, you know, a few years in, like the patients that I really bonded and fell in love with, like as they get older, they start to have arthritis and cancer. And all I had was drugs to give them. Yeah. And they just didn't get better. Like, and then I've had to like euthanize pets because they couldn't get up or, you know, they have arthritis issue. It was like breaking my heart. And that's why I started this. And also around the same time, my personal journey was I had this um, and I get into like maybe the zone of like too much personal detail, but I'm already crying <laughs> since I was little or since not, not like that little, but I've always, yeah. always had like, um, 
bad menstrual cramps, like to the point that it's hard for me to function as a human being the first day or two of my period, like always had it. Relatable. Um, yeah. And then totally. my doctor, I've seen different doctors and like they would, they could never find anything wrong. You're like, you're healthy. There's nothing wrong. Just take Advil, just take Advil, just take Advil. And then everybody was like, oh, and then take Advil like two days before you think your period is coming just to prevent the inflammation. Isn't Advil really bad for your liver? It's like so if you're bad. Just- it is so <laughs> bad, but that was the only and now they've proven, And now ibuprofen, they've proven causes blood clots. It's like, it's super cool. Like, Sweet. Yep. Yeah. I've gone through phases of my life of eating that stuff like candy. The best. All right, so go on, Lily. Right, so I would be like popping Advil just to be able to function. Um, and then I get to like childbearing age and I want to start a family. I was like, and I intuitively, I'm like this, I want to get my body as healthy as possible. So I'm like, I'm not going to do this anymore. So I'm like, I'm going to try other things. And I saw an acupuncturist, he like put needles in. And that month I was 70% better. So part of me was like placebo effect, but I'm like, I don't care. It's working. I don't care. It's placebo, whatever. But I was actually a non-believer. I was like, it's not going to work. But I tried it. I was like, but I didn't think it was going to work. And it still worked. And then I got on herbs that I had like one more treatment. And I was on herbs for like three months and I never needed Apple again. So I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so, and that's when I started looking into it for pets because I'm like, there's something here. Like I needed to explore. But even when I finished my training and I started putting needles, like I would say for the first year, I was still very skeptical. I was like, this isn't going to work. Like how's like these little things going to like change anything. And it's that case when a dog comes in and mom is in tears, like, you know, my dog can't get up. I think it's time. And I'd seen this dog like wagging the tail and just like not ready. I'm like, can we just try Let's just try. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? It doesn't work. And right after the session, the dog got up and like kind of like danced out of the clinic. And then I, I treated I treated that dog for like two or three years more after that. And wow. that changed my world. I'm like, you know what? I um like you said, like Sylvia, that there's no like placebo effect. So Dogs don't understand it. But enough <laughs> to like yeah get up when it hasn't been getting up. I'm like, there's something here. And now there's like a ton of research out there explaining why acupuncture works. There is scientific evidence. Mm. I do truly believe that it still doesn't explain everything. I think there are things about things like acupuncture that even- Yeah, like the chi and stuff, that stuff that we just don't understand. I mean, here's the thing about acupuncture that I think is so crazy not to exhaust this topic, but like it's been around for so long. Mm -hmm. Like it is such an ancient practice. And the fact that like, we're still picking it up today, come on, you know? Um, And like, I mean, I should probably uh, put some kind of divider in, in my thoughts on all of this, because I can understand the impact that acupuncture does make. Like there's, there's something in my brain that's like, okay, that makes sense. But I also see where a lot of this stuff, and I'm not saying that I I have no idea if you would suggest this or not, Dr. Lily, I I don't know, but like other people like, Oh no, you need this special crystal and you recharge it in the moon and you're going to put that in your window like that, like that kind of stuff is where it loses me. So, and so diet it, to me, it's sad that diet is even included in holistic medicine. Like to me, that just true. Like that's, 
you're eating like crap and you need to eat better and we need to teach people how to eat better. And that's just common sense. So it's like, like this whole idea of holistic is so vast and it gets like so many things that are really put into it to where I don't think diet should be in there because diet to me is overly obvious. Um, but then you can make the argument for like, is chiropractic care not holistic then is acupuncture not holistic then? Cause there's science to back that. I mean, I think the, here's See, I, don't, what I, I, love. I don't even know what you would define as being holistic. Oh, right. That's what I was going to yeah. say. Maybe Thank we can you. come back to my definition. And yeah. Grow the block about it. <laughs> yeah. Holistic medicine, at least in my mind is a medicine for the whole body, the whole body. for the body to heal. And holistic medicine under the whole umbrella of holistic medicine includes your conventional medicine. Like even if you're taking drugs or yes. you're mm. going through surgery, you are, you know, um, I don't know, you know, doing your conventional therapy. To me, that's part of holistic medicine. Practicing holistic medicine to me just means that you're taking care of your body as a whole. So Exhausting you know, all options. Yeah. I will fall under but you're, it. But you're including uh, the opportunity for additional tools to make a, a difference. Mm -hmm. Because you are taking into account like what else can help this body heal. So for you, and I think that it's different for everybody. So let's say a person, for example, like crystals. Uh, because I, I think people, there is a huge part, and this is also scientifically proven, is that there is an emotional and physical connection, right? So people need to be emotionally well to be physically healthy. So for somebody, like, uh, maybe like for myself, like having crystals makes me happy. And that is going to make my body healthier because I feel like I'm balanced in that way. I do think there's like some science I can go into about crystals, but I'm not going to. Oh, no, no, no. And, and, and if you can, I would, I would love to you hear can it. with me, yeah, but, I, um, but I think it's like sometimes. Okay. okay. Um, uh, not dangerous. Um, I, I went and I walked through. So my wife is, is totally on board with you guys. Like she should, if she was sitting here, she'd be like all in. And this conversation would just be moving right along. No problems. <laughs> and, but like we went to a, a, a store and there was all of these different crystals and it was like, you could get this rock and it would help you with this and you would have this rock and it would help you with that. And this is where um, to me, the placebo effect totally buys in. Like if, I would love to sit with anybody that can actually tell me which rock is in the room with them and whether it's there or not. Like that's, that's, that's kind of how my brain. But do you works. think the placebo effect is not real? Like it doesn't generate real changes in your body. So the placebo effect I think is incredibly valuable. Like so that, as long as it generates a placebo effect, who cares if the placebo effect is, it's helping. As long as it's affecting the mind, body, and spirit, then that's holistic medicine. It's everything. It's it's tapping into all parts. What I love about this conversation, uh, and we have to take a quick break. Ah, and I'll say when we get back. All right, time out. Time out. Okay. Okay. We'll ju we're just, we don't, we're right. We're back. Right. Um, what I love about this drink your girl, drink your kombucha. <laughs> I ramble. So be comfortable. Um, 
Hey, what I love so about I, I actually have crystals here in the room with me. Do you of guys course have crystals? You do because yeah, absolutely. Okay, just checking. Like so many. Just checking. Um, Sweet. Yes. <laughs> Lily was like, he's messing with my crystals. She's like, don't even talk about my crystals. <laughs> no, but what I what I love about this, Lily, is that, and this is where I always struggle with my clients who really lean, you know, because as a dog trainer. I am just a dog trainer and there's so much that I have to just be like, Hey, you know, like you gotta, this is not my realm. I'm not a medical practitioner at all. I've taken a lot of nutritional courses so I can guide in the nutritional realm for dogs, but like, I'm not a doctor. You got to go to the vet and my clients who lean really heavy into traditional medicine. um, I feel like it's always kind of a struggle because I do feel like veterinarians who are scientifically and medically trained have a hard time looking outside of the scope of medication, you know, chemotherapy, like those sorts of things to, they rely solely on that to solve the problem, even if it's not solving the problem, like prescription diets, even if they're not solving the problem. Um, So what I love about having this conversation with you is that our listeners get to hear someone who does have that very, very medical background, who also sees the value in something not quite so medical as being useful for their pets, because I have a lot of clients who are afraid to take that jump into like just trying acupuncture for pain management or regular chiropractic care for their pets. Do you do chiropractic care, by the way? I don't do chiropractic right now, but I, I will say um, I, I had more exposure to that when I was in primary care of different people, um, because right now in my practice, basically the clients are self-selecting. By the time they already get to me, they want this. Mm-hmm. But before in primary care, it was part of my pitch was that hey, you know, let's try acupuncture because if it doesn't work, it just doesn't work. There's no harm, no side effects. Like there is financial commitment. That's really the only thing, like that's an investment you have to put out. If it doesn't work, then yes, like it costed you some money. But what if it does? Like what if it can make your pet more, um, less painful and more comfortable? Like what, what happens if we can you know, help with this cancer? Like, are you willing to just try knowing that there's really no side effects? And there are still some people that are like, no, just don't know. But most people are like, okay, let, let's give it a try. And that's really when I am able to see that transformation of like people seeing a difference and then turning their mind and be like, yeah, there's something to that. So I, I enjoy that process too. And to be clear, I think there's something to a lot of it. Like I'm not, I'm not trying all to feel sudden, all, all of a sudden. I mean, you got a long way to go to get me on the on the the crystals type thing. And I've like <laughs> send me some information. Like I would love to know more about it. But um, like I said, I mean, I think acupuncture is great. I think massage therapy is great. Like all of those things, I I really do get it, and I do. Um, mentally value the placebo effect to all of that. And, and I, and I really, really appreciate that there's other solutions and other opportunities for people to get involved with their dogs, with their own healthcare to really try different things because the, the financial side of traditional medicine is become so overpowered that I don't know if we have any idea if it's in our best interest or not. 
And here's something cool that probably a lot of people don't realize is most pet insurance want to cover holistic treatments. I have lemonade for my dogs. I used to have a different, I used to have prudent pet. Both of those insurance policies cover holistic care from chiropractic care to physical therapy to acupuncture. So it is, it's an add on. Sure. It's not like considered primary care, but you can get it covered. I think because the science is there, like the science is there. It does work. There are solutions. Um, So just the science is there for crystals too. somewhere. I'll find it. Don't worry, Jason. Can't wait. Expect all the articles. I'm waiting. (laughs) We're about to find out how many listeners that we actually have on this show when we just get bombed with all of this. Yeah, because of Jason's mansplaining about crystals. (laughs) I'm not mansplaining anything. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well. Dr. Lily Chen, thank you oh, is so it really much over for already? coming on. It's so over Aww. already. I know it went fast. Um, I will say too, though, like just knowing what you're doing, I totally get why you want to have more time for your patients in your practice. Like this is stuff that you want to talk to people about and create that relationship and see that change. So I hope more vets, I want more vets to do it. Um, when are you, you going to go over, Sylvia? When are you going to go visit Mr. Like, I don't. When, when can I come see you? What's your availability? Where are you, by the way? Where are you located? Um, so I'm near Paul's Verdes. Okay. okay. I'm coming. I'm getting in the car right now. I'm just kidding. Um, all right. So, because I know you've listened to at least one episode. So you do know that we had our show in a very special way. Um, in a way only Jason could. Jason? I've got a summer. Yeah. I'm, I'm set up with a summer joke as we're getting into the, into summer. You ready? What I- is a, Okay. Wait, what? No, hold on. I just want to, I'm maybe I'll do a spit take. So it's not that I don't think it'll be that funny. No, no. What's a dog's favorite kind of ice cream? Popsicles, of course. She's all. Is that is that considered ice cream? Yeah, I don't. Okay, technicalities. She's like, she's like, I'm gonna poke holes. I love this scientific jokes are going down. Yes, girl power. (laughs) That was me high fiving you. Um. Yes. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Jason. It's all right. We're done. We're Thanks done. Thanks so much for coming on Thank the show, you Lily. So much. This oh, was so, so much lovely. Fun. Thank we'd you love for to, me. Yeah, we'd love to have you back on and maybe hit you know, the like we were very broad and we kind of got into acupuncture, but I would love to kind of get focused on Deep specific dives. topics. That would be really cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool. Our resident veterinarian, Dr. Lily Chen. <laughs> Love it. Back with another whammy. Um, I can hear it already. All right. Anyways, um, thank you so much for joining us today and uh, we'll see you soon. Awesome. Let's take a quick moment and say thank you so much to Dr. Lily Chan. I learned I know taking time out of her super busy day. Yeah. Very cool. And I can't wait for you to go visit and give us a quick little tour and tell tell us what it's like there. I'm very much going to do that. Yes. Hunter can definitely use some acupuncture. 
As always, uh, anything that we talked about today, like products and websites will be listed in the show notes over on our YouTube, uh, on our website. Uh, and make sure you go over and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and on YouTube and all of that kind of stuff. Everywhere. Uh, and then reach out to us. Like people have been doing great reaching out and letting us know if there's a topic or a personality that they would love for us to have on the show. So um, until or, next time. Uh, yeah, or if there's somebody that like you want us to have back, Cause you're like, I did not get enough information. Yeah. Let us know. So we can have that. Lily will be one of those. And let uh, me know, sure. like, let, was I mansplaining crystals? Like, like I mean, like, I want to know. Wasn't, I yeah. Want, tell Jason. Yeah. Drop your opinions in right. the comments on our gram. Send them over. <laughs> or just DM him angry DMs. You could do that too. Don't do I, that. I can't wait until we start. It's at Jason mail. with an E. Oh. Anyways. Jason. We'll see you guys. Yeah. So awesome. Okay. Bye guys. Bye until next week. <laughs> <laughs>